0: It's just right for us.
1: The Rockpile Report, AFC East Roundup, hosted by Bills season ticket holder, Drew Gear, a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network.
2: Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the AFC East Roundup podcast. I'm your host, Bill, season ticket holder, Drew Gear. That's my producer, Chris Krueger, and in studio with us for the first time since we moved, Dr. Kyle Trimble, bangedupbills.com. How are you, sir?
3: I'm doing fantastic. I, this, is fan, this is absolutely astonishing what you guys did down here. <laughs> we were talking before it came on. I'm thinking, how did Chris let be able to do this because my wife would never let me do this and I accept that so. my
2: wife makes me podcast from the garage and even then she's like I can hear you in here and that's out in the garage with the door shut and I do the I, I do the thing where you pop the garage door opener I, I have a detached garage so I go out there I pop the thing and roll the door down so that even if she wanted to she can't open the door <laughs> and I'll tell you what she goes I can still hear you in here it's bad,
1: you know. There's a house for sale two streets over. Don't just tell saying, me. if you want it, D- don't tell me that. I'll be over. I'll be. We'll be neighbors, neighbor. Yeah, you can uh, ride a bicycle over here.
2: I can ride a bicycle here now.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would love to see you ride a bicycle to begin with, because I'm not <laughs> sure that you can. <laughs> I'm gonna just for that. I'm gonna
2: get a yellow tandem bicycle.
1: Like, like Robin
2: Rex. I'm gonna get a blow up doll and I'm gonna put Rex Ryan's face on it and I'm gonna ride it over here. But I'm gonna do it slowly and past your house multiple times. Guys, we are here tonight taking a look at the AFC East. Dr. Kyle Trimble, as he always does, he's all over these days. You have really your personal brand has really blown up. You're welcome. <laughs> of course you would say that. So Your personal brand is really blown up, and it's been fun to see because you started here kind of hanging out with us. We were working on a project, and I kind of pushed you towards content creation. I was like, look, if you have an itch to scratch, go out there and chase it. Now you're writing for buffalorumblings.com. Yeah, there's no one in his market. Well, that's it. Nobody here does what you do. Not really. Not really. And... You, you're now you. You sound more confident on the microphone. Oh hell yeah! You appear on uh, the Lockdown Bills podcast. Yep, every week during the regular season, every week to talk about injuries, to talk about the inactive report and everything else that's coming.
3: Andy's got more followers than us. I know, which is. That was a that was a great accomplishment. I realized that, but I'm like, you guys probably because <laughs> you're a fucking doctor and we're two hacks drinking beer. No, you burn down Twitter every freaking no, week. So this like, is true. if you didn't, you'd probably be ah. up to like ten thousand. Yeah. Well, you know what? Fuck them if they can't take a joke. Hey,
2: Montucky cold snacks in hand. Yeah. Cheers. It's your first one. Take a sip. Yes. T- tell the people what you think.
3: There's some confusion on his face. It, like- it is because I, I, I mean, we're so used to all the craft beers and like the, the distinct flavors and stuff, but. It, it tastes more just like your standard you know, yeah. beers you had growing up, and it wasn't anything to write home about, but you could put a bunch of them down, and it doesn't taste bad, though. Like, it's got a clean finish. Yeah. And at the same
2: time, there's a little seasoning there that I don't know what it is, but you can't get it from a blue light. You can't get it from a blue. You can't get it from Miller light.
1: It's Montucky. It's yeah. Montucky. The 30-pack, uh, the $22. You can see what I picked up right here in front of my desk. <laughs> Chris bought
2: everything the liquor store had. Three well, 30, when 330 packs. You don't packs, have kids, you can
3: afford stuff like this, so, you
2: know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that you know of. He's yeah, kids that he knows of. 330 packs and 412 packs. Imagine this, he'll be skating, rollerblading, shirtless down by the harbor one day and see another child also with bad hair, rollerblading ha- shirtless. We're halfway and he'll have to th- wonder.
1: We're halfway through the summer and I haven't done that yet. <sighs> See, Jess is having a positive effect on you already. Yeah, so I love this relationship. I got to mow the lawn, edging, put furniture together. You saw what I put up. Look at put it. I together. told you up he's upstairs. domestic.
3: You heard it. It's domestic Chris. You've come a long way. <laughs>
1: yeah. Can we get to what Kyle brought
2: here? Yeah. Yes. Well, this is it. So, gentlemen, as a gift, Kyle it brought It is us- a gift because last year it wasn't. It, it, it's the Dalmore, aged 12 years, Highland Single Malt Scotch Whiskey. Chris, you smelling it? What are you getting? What are, you, what are your thoughts at the smell?
1: Uh, well, I learned you this. You tell at, me when. I. I I learned this at a holiday that you have a dominant nostril. <laughs> when I was, if you listen to, if you guys listen to the last show, you know that I went to Holiday Distilling in Western Missouri. They're like, smell out of each nostril. You have a dominant, and it's my left one. It's. I don't I can't pick up any smoke on it. Mm. Well, the color
2: alone, it's got kind of a there's very much a I don't even want to call it amber, it's almost like a reddish hue to it. Yep, yep. There's a nice I don't know what that is, but I'm I'm intrigued. All right, so bottoms up, gentlemen. Cheers.
1: Kyle, great having you in studio. Ooh, that is very smooth. Now, I'm having mine neat, and you guys are having it on the rocks.
2: Ooh, that little bit of water just opens yep. up all those flavors. I'm not a huge Scotch guy. This is very good. I was afraid to go, if he doesn't like it, I'm taking it back home. So. <laughs> no, this is very good. I'm not a Scotch drinker, and I'll tell you what. I had Highland Park 12 was uh, referred to me by Ryan Lacell, uh Rock Sports Network. He put me onto that, and that's okay. Uh, my wife's cousin got me into Talisker Storm. He's big into the scotch he's too. Big. Yeah, he's, he's actually been to Scotland and he imported home. He had about four hundred dollars worth of
1: scotch shipped home. Too bad I didn't have his number. I would when I was at uh, Celtic Ranch. I could have picked him up some stuff. See, this is
2: well. We're actually working on putting him in touch with Brett Coleman. Okay, they want to work out a uh, home and home. Like, well, hey, let's do some swaps. Yeah. Yeah. So, but Scotch has always been kind of a weird thing. Like, Talisker Storm is smoky but salty, which kind of counteracts the smoke, and it's it's not terrible. I actually liked that one. Uh, Highland Park is okay because it's a little light on the palate. It's not heavy. It's not smoky. Peaty. Peaty. There's a lot of scotch that I feel like you're just, you're chewing it. Yep. You chew your way through most scotches. That's why I'm a bourbon
1: drinker. I could drink the, I, as much as I love like a cocktail, I'm also having an old-fashioned with uh, a four-grain whiskey that I picked up in Kansas City. Like, I could put this on ice and probably drink this just straight.
2: That's what yeah. I'm saying. This sco- the Dalmore. Yes. Y- Kyle, it's you have really outdone year. yourself with this. Thank right? you. Of Dal- course. The,
1: the Dalmore 12-year.
2: So we're here talking about injuries, because that's that's the reason we bring the doctor in. And for the AFC's roundup, what we're trying to look at tonight is ahead of training camp. Because every year, Chris, you and I were there at training camp.
1: We haven't been together since. When you walked across the field. And no, you when, no, remember
2: when we went together Different. and Cody Ford turned his ankle in the preseason in, in training camp? Yeah. Yep. yep. Ankle stuck in the ground. All of a sudden you go, wait a minute, that's our left tackle. Now what the fuck do we do? That's what happens in the NFL. Like the second there's contact, the risk for injury it kind of presents itself. But so ahead of camp, it's a good idea to try to assess where you stand in terms of injuries and health and just the dependability of your roster, even before that gets factored in. Because some of these things will be fluke accidents. Some of them you can kind of see
3: coming. You can see, especially someone like you, Kyle. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's there's trends. Some of the stuff is random and you can't account for it. And other times it's, hey, this might happen. And then when you see it happen, that's the reason why it might happen.
1: Like when you shoot yourself in the leg with a gun, like, <laughs> like, like Plaxico Burris. Oh, my God.
2: <laughs> I love it. Your Plaxico. Plaxico. Burris is what you go with. I was thinking, like, I thought he was about to say Kevin Cobb and you slip on a mat. Or if the, he goes Plaxico Burris with a gun in the leg. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's probably, isn't that, is that or is that not one of the most avoidable injuries?
3: (laughs) I would say so, yeah.
2: (laughs) In your professional opinion, Dr. Trimble, is that or is that not one of the more preventable injuries?
3: I've dealt with gunshot wounds in terms of therapy, and it's definitely a very preventable injury. (laughs) So,
2: we're going to start at the bottom of the division, as we always do, with the New York Jets. And when you take a look at their roster, there are some notable names that have health issues going into this offseason. Defensive end Carl Lawson, who just, like, like we all joke about how the Jets are just kind of snake bitten, They sign this guy who kind of has an up and down injury history to begin with, but seemed like he had turned a corner in his career. Carl Lawson comes in. what, What was it? The first two weeks of training camp just destroys his knee. No, it was his Achilles. His Achilles. Is that it? Okay. Tears his Achilles. Misses the whole season. They said he'll be healthy by
3: week one, but no camp. Uh, I mean, Achilles, we're talking nine to 12 months recovery. Uh, he tore early in training camp. He's going to get the surgery literally days afterward. Um, I didn't see anything where they're talking about where they where he wasn't going to do camp. But, I mean, with them being as bad as they are, they're not going to be trying to rush him back either. I mean, like, you know, we're going to into this with other guys too, but I can understand where, hey, let's not get him out there until we know he's fully good to go. You know, whether it's week one, week five, what have you, instead of trying to have him limp out there and then struggle all season, too. So, um, the fact, that he lines up from what I was reading, you know, lines up on the right side, if I recall, because he did that more with Cincinnati and he so he goes with the left tackle. So he'll have to push more off his right side, you know, being the right lower extremity and he'll still his left side, obviously, but. He's not going to be as dependent on that. So, like, you know, he might be able to come back a little bit more than if it was his dominant leg that he has to push off of and work around there. But still, he's going to be a step slower. And we usually see production decrease that first year after Achilles, especially in uh, defensive players there.
1: Is this, I'm going to ask you this. Is this the same as like a ACL in the sense of, I remember when, who was that defensive end for us that had Murphy? Yeah. You said it takes like an extra year. This is one
3: of those ones that do, usually does take a little bit extra year or extra time to get back to. It. I mean, we've seen, you know, Freaks of Nature, where they come back as the makers, But he's, his is not done yet with regards to what his final peak is in terms of his recovery. Because, like, he got out there, but he wasn't looking great. But the fact that he got out there and played the, play the game of football yeah. in the Super Bowl was it, it's a fast recovery. It was a fast recovery for what it is. But we still we but get to see what he can really anymore. do. You know he's not at that that prior level he was before, so that's what we're going to see too with uh, Carl Lawson, and uh, you know anybody else with Achilles in general, because we're we'll get to that, and you know a few other guys on Jets too have you know Achilles injuries, so you're going to be able to go out there and play, but how explosive you're going to be? Uh, there's definitely research uh, research out there to show that um, there's a lot of power loss, especially right afterward. I mean you you can function and do all stuff you need to, it just you don't have that same burst, that same explosiveness as you once did, and it takes time to get back because you didn't have to think about it prior to the injury. Now you have to think about it and put extra effort into it.
2: Takeo Spikes, Buffalo Bills linebacker, Takeo Spikes, tore his Achilles here in a Bills uniform. And he said on his own, it was during a podcast or during an interview he did with someone in the mainstream media, but he basically admitted that he was never the same player again because he could never get it out of his head that anytime I plant my foot in the ground and go to strike, my Achilles could tear again. And he goes, it took me three, four years to shake that. And by the time I did, the prime of my career had already passed. Like he was a dominant linebacker and then he got hurt and that was kind of a wrap. You didn't. He was still out there playing the game of football, but he was never the dynamic playmaker that he was before that ever again. And so that's the kind of thing that you're looking at here is now you got to wonder for the Jets, what are you getting out of Carl Lawson, this marquee free agent that you thought you kind of won the lottery to sign him? Now you have to question, okay, we gave him all this money. We're tied to him for at least the next year or two. I think, uh, according to Spotrak, I think they have an out next year in his contract, but at least this year you're going to have to ride it, maybe even next it's going to be d- difficult to rely on him to come in and all of a sudden be the spark their defense
3: needs, correct? I would say so. He might get some, you know, <clears throat> bursts of play and have the old flashes, but, you know, they might have to limit his snaps and that could affect what they want to do scheme wise. They might have to put him on certain packages. So, you know, every every one of these injuries is different and it's going to depend on how he's feeling. And like you said, it could be the mental aspect of that. Hey, can it happen again? I mean, that is a. 100% real thing It's not It's not just something In their head It is in their head But it's not in their head Because It happened once What's stopping for Happening again And not to go Too far off the tracks With this thought But have you caught that uh, Six part series on luck about On the athletic yet Yes So Like I listened to that I crushed it in I think two and a half days, and just hearing you know the the process Andrew Luck going through his rehab and stuff, and just getting beat down by it, and anybody with a significant medical history just keep going through rehab again. I'm thinking at what point do you say is this worth it, or is this hey I'm afraid this is going to happen again? And it was different injuries for Luck, but you know you can see it happen for the same guys again and again, yes. just different stuff. You're like at what point is this not worth it, or is this am I just waiting for another injury to happen? And that's. Mm-hmm.
2: The reason I'm thinking about this is because it's an Achilles, but Brad Butler. Brad Butler's a name that not many Bills fans probably remember. Most of you listening to this podcast probably don't recall who he was. The Buffalo Bills never really had a strong right tackle throughout the drought era. We just never... We could barely find a left tackle. Demetrius Bell was our left tackle for a while. That sucked. But we never had an answer at right tackle. We finally had a guy named Brad Butler who step to the forefront, and we go, okay, here's a guy. We're going to resign him in the offseason. He's going to be a a piece on this line that's going to help be – we're going to build off this. Even if the season doesn't go well, we at least have this guy. He tears his Achilles, I believe it was week three or four against the Saints. I remember watching the game. Brad Butler tears his Achilles, and you go, okay, that sucks. When he comes back, it's going to be fine. We're going to resign him. He quits the NFL. He says, you know what? That was the most painful thing that's ever happened to me in my entire football career. I think I have a life away from this game that doesn't involve this, and I'm not willing to go through this rehab again. So fuck football. I retire at the age of 26, and the Bills were going, ah. Okay, back to the drawing board with our, our plans. The Jets, not to say that they will end up in this position, but there's a likelihood that they could in the event that lawson struggles to come back from this as quickly or with the same love of the game yeah this is one of those grinds where injuries really do test the metal of a player oh absolutely meant it tests your mental toughness because you go i'm physically never going to be the same again
3: these tendons don't like you can fix them but they're never the same can you speak to that a little bit they they are they are and they aren't. I mean, you're surgically repairing the stu- the the tissue in there. So scar tissue, from what I've seen, anecdotally and you know re- research based, the scar tissue is about eighty percent of what the natural tissue is in terms of strength and ability there. So sometimes you lose a little bit of pliability, the flexibility, everything else with that there. So you can still do most of the things you need to. And you know for you know everyday Joe Schmo, he's not gonna make a difference. Hey, you go back to do whatever but for those high end athletes you might just notice that little bit of you know lack of explosiveness or range of motion just that little bit of difference where you just can't quite get as much out of what you're asking your body to do so and that one thing
2: though might in the game of the NFL football that one that half a step that half a second whatever it is that's the difference between you being a successful player or not and have a job completely yes yeah. so it's it's interesting to see that He's going to have to try to fight this battle. Also kind of in this boat is Makai Becton. Now, what do you make of his injuries? Because, again, this is another—his name is the big ticket. Like, that's what he calls himself. It's his social media handle. What do you make of his injuries and how this projects to where
3: he slots in this season? He had a pretty significant knee injury uh, back in week one. He suffered a right knee MCL sprain, patellar dislocation, along with cartilage damage. Jesus. And he required surgery repair. Um, at the time, they had said that he was going to be back in four to six weeks, which, considering the mechanism of injury, the, the tissue's damage, that seemed reasonable. But he's, you know, at 350, 400 pounds. Well, well this is
2: it, Chris. Uh, you're talking about guys who weigh hundreds of pounds. If If you, in your professional career, you see people who rehab an injury like that, Rather quickly, but they're you and me walking around it. I, I'm not going to try to I'm not going to put your, your dirty laundry. I'm not going to put you out in the street, but I'll say 150 to 210 is where you and I kind of that's the range. Everyone in this room currently falls into that that's being generous, but that's thank being you generous. But th- OK, we're normal size human beings. When you're talking about that kind of mechanism and that kind of injury to a guy
3: who's that heavy. That's a problem. It just takes longer. Now, as a former fat man, how did you feel when you were that big? I mean, I'll tell
2: you what, I used to sweat walking up a single flight of stairs. 348 pounds, 5'11. Yeah, it, it, I'll tell you this, my knees felt better as I started losing weight and as I started cutting weight and as I started actually getting down to like 240, 230, 210. I was like, oh my God, I can. Like, this is how normal people walk around every day, and this is just what you feel like? Like, so to know that he's going through this, what is the upshot for him to come back
3: and be competitive this season in trying to earn a significant spot in this roster? I believe there's a pretty good shot now. The MCL sprain is no big deal. Like that just yes. it happens. the PCL is a problem. Uh, not even PCL. Like, really? That, it, it's no, that's a pretty straightforward injury. I mean, Zach Wilson had that and he came back and played, you know, just fine. Um, so the PCL is fine. He, it's the, it's the did, ACL. did he play
2: just fine? Well, I mean,
3: <laughs> he came back and played. But the PCL, <laughs> we saw the Harrison Phillips do too last year. Yes. He, he played. and He did pretty good with that. So the PCL isn't a big issue. It's really the ACL, which we'll get to later as well. But uh, you know, the fact they hit the patellar dislocation, um, I've had that in high school that wasn't fun to deal with now it was more of a patellar subluxation which is partial dislocation but it continually uh, subluxed where partially dislocated Multiple times over when I was playing soccer and then into wrestling, so that wasn't fun to have that knee instability there. And then he, uh, Beckton, also had the uh, cartilage damage, which is the, the smooth outside surface of the knee, and so that got damaged. And this is pretty quite common when you have a patella dislocation because that patella shears right over the top of the femoral you know, condyles there. So he he was probably dealing with the fact that you a lot of knee instability when you're trying to you know bend your knee and try to squat, get down. To position, do whatever things you got to do. And then on top of that too, you got, you know, the cartilage damage where it's not moving over a smooth area. It's kind of like driving around Buffalo and all the potholes. You're you're hitting the, the bumps and whatnot. You feel the effects of all that stuff. And then add in the 350, you know, upwards of 400 pounds. It just takes a lot more time to get back to that level of, of mobility there so um i know he really wasn't doing a whole lot during otas and um mini camp, but you tend to see guys being more conservative because you're gonna ramp them up for two or three days and then shut them back down for their six weeks so it's like hey if they're not even you know not to say 100 but if if they're even any concern for injury do you even try to do it or just say hey let's just take it easy there i mean i, I just see no benefit uh with, with that there so but Coming back week one, he, he should be able to, but he also had a prior shoulder labrum tear uh, yes. back in his rookie year. That really hampered him and just, you know, I don't think he had a ton of injury history back in college, but it just, you go up to higher level of competition. he is catching able to up healthy. to him. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's so.
2: walking wounded constantly and it's hard to see how
3: this can pan out for them well. And the Jets don't have the ability to really, I mean, they sat him last year because they had no choice to, but like, he's going to play because he's going to be better than any other option on the roster, which That's, sucks for him.
2: Yeah. No, they're going to trot him out there because he's the best option they have. Now, here's one thing that I do want to talk to you about, because if there's a storyline with the Jets, and it's something that we kind of talked about with the Bills back in the day, and it, it was born of this idea that I watched a Washington Redskins-Buffalo-Bills game where Everyone Chris multiple knee injuries in the same game. And I was like how does this how do these hamstring tears? We lost 5 players in a single game in a preseason game. Dan Snyder's fault. Well and I well it's funny I was laughing earlier as Kyle was talking because I tried to open a web page and I opened Pro, uh, Pro Football Talk and the first headline is does Daniel Snyder plan to avoid congressional subpoena by hiding on his yacht. The idea of this turd Just being on a boat out in international waters going, you can't deliver government papers to me if I just stay on the boat. I want to go sink this fucking thing. Just look at his face. Tell me it's not punchable. What it made me think of was the Jets and how the bills used to be snake bitten with injuries. And then we found a new program. We found a new way. We changed some things institutionally that we do, and we've now become better for it. Our team is one of the healthier teams in the NFL. When you take a look at some of the numbers behind the Jets' injuries over the last few years, they've been a terrible team, but you can see why. Their their roster, first of all, was never great. In 2019, the Jets finished with 273 man games lost, tied for second worst in the NFL. Through Week 16 of 2021, they were the fourth highest in man games lost with 258, and from the start of the 2019 season to week nine of 2021, the Jets had the most the third most injuries with 91 total players affected. That's what is it, $28.7 million in salary that they just lost to, to injury games. More than everything the Bills and Eagles paid to their injured players combined over that same stretch. That's fucking wild. They are the injury factory of the NFL. And so when people look at them and go, oh, the Jets sucked or a two-win team, understand that they go into the season building a roster and saying, okay, we don't have a ton of depth, but at least we've got starters. And then those starters immediately get taken off the board because of injury, and they have to trot out. Uh, You've got Blake Cashman playing linebacker as a starter for you. It's a terrible place. It's hard enough to win games in the NFL on any given Sunday. We learned that when the Bills lost to the Jaguars this year, last year. It's a whole other fucking animal to try doing it when you've got one hand tied behind your back because of injuries or are hamstrung, no pun intended, on Sundays when you're you're playing a bunch, you're paying the core of your roster to stand on the sideline and watch this happen or sit in the box and watch the game happen. What can you tell us about what the changes the Jets have made to try to curb some of this? Because they've been in the basement of the NFL in terms of team health.
3: They've been trying to bring in healthier players. And I don't say that sarcastically. I mean, that's what they really did. Uh, looking at their, um, their draft class, their free agencies, they'll take risks on some players, but not – Coming off that major injury. So, looking at some of the guys that they, they brought in um, during the free agency, uh, safety Jordan Whitehead, he suffered hamstring calf injuries during 2021 season and missed two games there. But that was probably the most um, significant stuff for the 2021 season of guys bringing it in there. Uh, TJ, or excuse me, uh, tight end CJ Uzoma toured Achilles in 2020 and missed 14 games with the uh, Bengals. And he played pretty well last year, even through a, a knee injury in the Super Bowl cornerback uh, D.J. Reed uh, tore his pectoral muscle during the offseason workouts of 2020 and missed six games and started the season. I believe he was with the uh, Seahawks and came back and played well last year. And then Solomon Thomas, which he's coming over because he was a you know, person from San Francisco, Robert Sala, uh, tore his ACL, but he's a former third overall pick. He came back and played better last year, and they still have some promise, being a you know former third overall pick. So like, they're bringing in guys who can prove that they can be healthy for a season and, and come in and, and do well with that. And then going into their draft class, I mean, Sauce Gardner, he had no injury. I think he missed one game in his entire career to a, a back injury. Uh, Garrett Wilson, their wide receiver, had a minimum you know minimal issues with concussion. Uh, Jermaine Johnson I think he was What their third First round pick Or second Yeah Yeah, Jermaine Johnson He had a little Nixon you know Whatever like Ankle and shoulder stuff But there wasn't There wasn't anything To be concerned about They weren't taking Risks on guys I mean they, they were Taking a page Out of the bills There but like they're looking at guys that, hey, can they be healthy for that most recent season and can they produce? And they're taking some risk on some of the guys, but they're taking much lower risk than you see with some other teams that are saying, hey, we're going to bank on this guy, even though he has this major injury. That We're right? going to be the ones that he we're, we're going to roll the dice that this guy stays healthy. The Jets are not doing
2: that. Not this year. Now, what I think is a franchise they need to do. So one of the things I took away, I think a couple of weeks ago we talked about Bussin' with the Boys and what we took away from Eric Wood and Josh Allen being on that show in the same week. One of the things that I took away from Eric Wood was that he, he's he been here for a while. He saw multiple regimes come and go. Uh, the Dick, Chris, he got drafted during the Dick Duran era, Correct.
1: Yeah, I believe it was the same draft that we did Aaron, Aaron Maben. Yep. That's why he yelled at him in
2: training camp and told him to give back all that fucking money you haven't earned. It's yeah. one of the greatest things. That's how you knew he was a team captain. He yeah. was like, fuck you. you, you uh, As John Fina, Bill's left tackle, calls it, you're on the bread line, which means you're just here. You're just stacking bread, but you're not actually earning it. You're just on the bread line. That's where Aaron Maben was. And, er- and Eric Wood knew it. And he called him out for it. He made a point of saying that when Sean McDermott first got here, he brought in these physiologists from Europe who were used to working with soccer players and he flew them over to stay with them for weeks and critique every single bit of their strength and conditioning program. He fired the strength and conditioning coach after the first week, brought in his, his guy and then said, okay, teach us how we can stretch differently different things we could do. And since the implementation of that, like that fundamental change in mindset, the bills have gone on to be one of the hell. I mean, it doesn't help that we have a billion dollar healthcare facility for our players, but that one shift in philosophy that year, all of a sudden our team was durable as hell. And everyone went, Whoa, look at the bills. They're not being hamstrung by injuries for the first time in 10 years. It's small changes that as a franchise, you have to start making. He had the balls to do it as a rookie head coach. Robert Sala, I think, has to look around and go, I'm inheriting a shit show for a roster. I have to do something to make sure these guys stay on the field.
3: And if he doesn't, I feel like it's to his detriment. Would you agree with me on that? I agree. And we talked about this last year around this time with the their training staff. They've been around for a long time, and while there is a lot of trust with the training staff with the players and whatnot, if you turn over the roster as much as they're going to, it might you have to take it out and you know do something more with that there. So, um, you know, going off of the physiologist, her name was uh, Joe Chubb, and she came from England. I believe she was employed with them for a few years, and she moved on to some other opportunities, but. I would read her stuff and it'd be over my head too like that's, that's how deep into it like they were and it was she made a noble difference and I know that they had other people which I'm forgetting their names, but they, they had a huge difference in how the bills operate and you know it's, it's clearly evident that what they were preaching works. So uh, it, it, it's cool to see that they can think outside the box and bring in people that make a difference. and then going off with the Jets, sir, I mean their their free agent class was looking clean their draft class was looking clean and all the guys left over on the roster that they're bringing back due to contracts or, you know, they're, they're the better than what they can find out. There are all the ones that are beaten up. I mean, George Fant, Car McGovern deal with knee injuries. Um, Corey Davis went through, you know, core muscle repair. Um, Jamie and Sherwood tore his Achilles, Marcus May tore his Achilles. Um, you know, their safety, um, depth was just decimated due to stupid injuries and their punter got injured for a while and so they have to just slowly turn over the roster more and get some of those guys who can't be healthy out of there and once again the health is random at times we, we know that sometimes you, you do everything right and you, something still goes wrong but if these guys can't be out there find somebody that is. that's just how the nfl works and it just is what it is
2: no that's it like at some point you have to try to find a way Good for the Buffalo Bills to find one. The Jets still have to find their way. I still feel like they have enough. The roster's too thin still. Injuries, they've got some significant things.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Let's move on to
2: the Dolphins, right? The the next team up the ladder. When you look at the Miami Dolphins, players of note that are on the injury report, cornerback Byron Jones, ankle surgery. They said it was two months recovery time. Fullback Alec Ingold, he's got a knee injury. He says he's going to be fine. Teron Armstead, I, I don't even know where to start with this guy. He's got nagging injuries out the yang. First of all, let's start. Let's start at the top with the defensive back, Byron Jones. Recovery time and rehab ahead of Week Three. So, if you just recently had surgery and said that it's a two-month recovery time, what is the likelihood that we see him in Week Three when the Buffalo Bills play them?
3: I think it's nearly 100. percent. I mean, I, really? I,
2: yeah. I just, you think I, so? You don't think conditioning would ever become an issue if, like, hey, I have this ankle surgery that I, I
3: can't cut, I can't run on for a while. You still think he'll be ready to go? I mean, he had this back in March. I mean, he from what I was reading, because I I, okay. I I had to find this today when I was looking up some of the stuff.
2: Well, and this is why I there. ask you, because I yeah. see this, and I go, oh, shit, flag it, this guy.
3: Two-month two recovery tells me that it sounds like I cleaned it out, and he posted a picture on Instagram that was under the, one of the articles I found. There wasn't anything over the top of his foot. There wasn't anything over his toes. It sounded like it was something more on the lateral aspect of his uh, ankle or behind, so like whether it was a bone spur or just like little cartilage pieces floating around there or just something that was causing problems and they go clean it out. Like, two months is like, okay. Like, that's probably something I think he did play through part of the season with it. I don't think he really showed up on the injury report too much with it. There might have been an Achilles one week from what I was seeing off the top of my head. But, like, Two months, doesn't, it doesn't worry me. I, I think he's going to come back there and be fine. And I if he has any setbacks, then they either A, it wasn't reported, or B, I'd do my research, both of which could be true. But, <laughs> Don't sell yourself short. You, but, you I mean, two month, of- when they say two months, I mean, sometimes you got to take the word at this stuff. I mean, because you always try to get an idea of... Um, what's gonna be a realistic time frame for this? I mean, you do this in, in physical therapy. You know, I when I go to the plan Planet care, you know, how many visits do I think I need for this person? How long is this gonna take? You know, based off of my personal experience, based off what the research shows, based off what's a realistic expectation. So then that kind of dictates how long it's gonna be. So two months, yeah, it might stretch into three months, or it might do whatever else there. But I mean, if he had this back in March, if he's still struggling with this back in you know, in August, September, then I question whether he didn't get things fixed or whether he's not doing the work he needs to. But he's getting paid a pretty good amount of money. I'd hope he'd at least be out there
1: to do <laughs> well, what he needs to do. It. Well, that's it. Or if you want me to, I can text Blake and find out.
3: We could,
2: yeah. <laughs> Why don't you text Blake? You know what I think is funny is that Kyle came to my house once. I was like, well, I knew what happened. So I'd been doing, because this is during the pandemic, I'm doing box jumps. In my driveway, cause I'm cause I'm smart. I know what I'll do. I'll do box jumps
1: in my driveway. Well, we know you're not athletic,
2: dude. I will I will out athlete you any day of the week. Oh, are you God, paying let's... attention
1: to our own Twitter when Mark tweets and includes <sighs> us about you playing catcher in softball?
2: God, I can't wait. Let, let's American Gladiators September seventeenth at Mark Smith's house. We're gonna settle this like men details to come, but here's what I'll say I was doing box jumps and my knee felt funny, and I was like, well that's weird I should probably slow down I'm getting out of the recliner with my son like three days later, and it just felt like someone stabbed me, and I put all my weight on my left leg, rocked the recliner forward and stood up and it was like someone stabbed me in the knee with an ice pick and I literally just handed the child to my wife I was like, ah, got me man down, handed her the baby and then flopped onto my side on the ground and immediately went into my pocket and grabbed my cell phone and she goes who are you calling 911 I go no I'm, I'm buying a knee brace on Amazon because I just tore my meniscus Kyle was nice enough to come over to my house and try to help me diagnose it Kyle meniscus injury that's why I thought at the time <laughs> exactly. and I gave you a few
3: exercises. So yeah.
2: And it worked because I followed his plan that he – and he immediately was like, okay, here's a plan. Here's some exercises that you should probably be doing to help strengthen it if you're not going to get it fixed. To this degree, it's like guy like Byron Jones, you should be out there doing the work and if you do, you might be fine. I'm fine now. I'm a, I'm two years later. I'm walking around with no impediment. I work out. I still do leg presses with over six, 700 pounds. I, I do all kinds of stuff. No leg brace. Thank you.
3: I, of course, I'm glad I can help you. I'm thinking uh, this is all, this is almost a commercial for you. It's like, hey, <laughs> Kyle Trimble knows what the hell he's talking about, right? It it, it does make you feel like you know you what you're doing. you Know what you're doing <laughs> because I get so many people and every therapist, every doctor, everybody medical professional out there will say, hey, if more people will listen to what we say, it's not saying we're we're telling people to do, but it's, hey, this is what we know works and and whatnot. And we can see improvements there. So it's, whether it's diet, exercise, you know, act, uh, uh, rehab, whatever. If you do this, we at least see whether this is working or not, and people don't want to put the work into it, and then it's just like that's why you get gray hairs, that's why you're pulling your hair out, and just like well, what the hell am I doing? Because people want that quick fix, and they they don't want to put the work into it, and it, it's really frustrating because it's not it's not something that just happens right away. There's some stuff in PT and in medicine that you take a pill, you do this thing, and you fix it. But a lot of times with some of the stuff, you just need to put the work in and not expect immediate gratification. So like when you realize. I gotta do some of the work, then you can get the benefit out of it. Just some people don't want to wait for that that benefit.
2: As a guy who dropped one hundred and fifty pounds over the course of a couple of years, I I I understand how to work for it. If I and thank you for putting me on the right track. So cheers. Here, you need a fresh Montucky, sir. I think I want more of that Delmore. Well, here, that, here we that go. That is good stuff. Here I you mean. go. No, this is the best stuff. <laughs> this is the best scotch. I'm willing to go on record as the best scotch I've ever had. This is good. I put it on. I finish. saw Chris. I was fist pumping <laughs> because Chris doesn't like scotch. He came back for seconds.
1: It's I don't... It's not that I don't like it. It's not my number one choice. But when we started the show, you guys had yours on ice. I had my neat. I finished my old-fashioned, so give me some on ice now. Mm. And it, I could... It opens up when you put it on ice. That's what I'm saying. It opens
2: up a little. Just that little splash of water changes the whole complexion of the
3: drink. It's amazing. I'm going to take another splash here. And like I said before, you know, we got on here, I was like, I was really considering whether I should buy this for you. I like you guys enough. But, (laughs) you know, we've been friends for a while now. And, you know, you guys have helped me out a lot. I go, I I better buy this for you. This is is an investment there. No,
2: I, I appreciate this. So speaking of putting things on ice, you know who needs to be put on ice? And maybe in bubble wrap. Teron Armstead, long-standing injury history and age, it's just a terrible combination. There's a lot of Dolphins fans who point to this signing as one of the cardinal reasons that their team is going to be better, that our team is going to have a better record in 2022, that, hey, we finally found a real offensive tackle to come play for our team, and it's going to be the reason our offense takes a not just a, a step forward, but a frog leap forward. And I see the logic. They haven't had legitimate tackle play Jawan James. And he was a right tackle, not even a left tackle. And he left them in free agency and then sucked for Denver. (laughs) Availability is the best ability. This guy ain't got it. Not only did he miss Dolphins minicamp this year because he's still rehabbing from a knee injury that he sustained last season and tried to play through, but his history is terrible in this regard. He's never played a full 16-game season over 9 years. His career is 9 years. He's never played. His attrition rate is 100%. And they're the worst types of recurring injuries for an offensive lineman. This is I think the thing that you need to underscore because there's certain types of injuries, right? Like toe, wrist, like Jerry Hughes. Remember how we were you and I were talking about this in our kind of uh we were texting back and forth after the season about how Jerry Hughes ended the, I think it was the 2020 season, and then immediately he had wrist surgery, and you were digging through archives trying to figure
3: out when did he hurt this. And that was back in the preseason. He played all season on it, and the Bills he, actually got investigated because they thought they were they were hiding the injury. Yeah,
2: the Bills got investigated because they thought they were hiding. The dude just played through a wrist injury, even though you're a defensive end and you rely on that. But that's a bad injury to sustain, given your position.
3: And a core muscle repair on
2: top of that, too. This guy has the same knee, ankle, elbow. All of the anchor points to do your fucking job as an offensive lineman. All the joints that are integral towards the operation of being an offensive lineman. He's hurt them all. When you look at his injury history, Kyle, and the likelihood of re-injury that, he, like, that these had come with, what do you make of what the dolphins can expect from him this season he's gonna miss
3: games that's why i was about to say he's gonna miss games and like you know i didn't see your notes before i came on here so like we were reading each other's minds when we were doing this cuz i got his yeah. whole injury history here and you're you're going right off the stuff i was saying so i'll i'll try to hit on some of his major injuries he's had and then just kind of try to yeah. parse out through that there so 2014 neck injury missed two games uh 2015 played through a knee injury missing only three games 2016 dealt with knee and quad issues, missed nine games total before going on IR for the remaining three games of the season. 2017 tore his labrum and his shoulder in a shoulder during mandatory <laughs> minicamp. He missed the first four games of the season as he required surgery. Um, he had some other minor issues. 2018 tore his pectoral muscle in week ten, missed six total games. He did not require surgery, but you know, kind of gutted it out to get to the playoffs there. 2020 played most of the season through a significant high ankle sprain only missed one game and then 2021 suffered through left elbow and right knee injuries um he missed two games of the elbow injury and then missed seven games of a knee injury that eventually required surgery in the offseason um i got a lot of this information from the athletic they did a great job at detailing the injuries and they even talked about how He should have been sitting out and he looks back and goes, I probably should have sat out and tried to get healthy, but he wanted to play through it and be tough there. Um, It wasn't clear what he required the surgery for, whether it was meniscus or cartilage, but it must have been pretty significant that he had to miss that much time. And considering it was that seven weeks over probably eight week period, you're probably looking at closer meniscus there because cartilage, I, I feel like you would need more time to rehab and whatnot there. So he's definitely tough. This dude's body has taken a fucking beating over the course of almost a decade. Well, That's he's wild. he's getting five years, seventy-five million. I'm going to take a beating too for that. Well, Chris, what would you do for
2: if what would you do right now if someone handed you five years, seventy-five million? Even though you know you can't physically do it, would you go out there and try? Yeah. Okay. This is my point.
3: I because think I'm a that, man. I bet that Will That's, Ferrell. Girl. Give me all you got, or was it from? I can't remember what movie, but he he, he Will Ferrell has a, like, give me your best, or no, ladies man. He he's the wrestler. He's like give me your worst and. Oh my god, wait, him and the ladies man? Because the only thing
2: I remember of the, the only thing I remember of Will Ferrell and the ladies man was when Tim Meadows, he's going down the list and he's trying to explain to all the husbands why he slept with all their wives. And he's going, This happened, and you just weren't paying attention to her, and this happened, and this happened. And he goes, And Lance, you're clearly gay, and that's cool. But you're trying to oil me up and wrestle me and that ain't cool. And that's exactly that's <laughs> that that the exact cool. scene he's talking about. <laughs> is, Give me your worst. Like, hey man, <laughs> Lance, you're clearly gay, and that's cool. You're just trying to oil me up and wrestle me, and that ain't cool. <laughs> that ain't cool, man. Stop that. But so this is what I'll say. He's a pro bowler. Even hurt, playing injured, he's a pro bowler. But you can't rely on him for multiple games a year. Like, there's going to be multiple games this next year where he does not play. And for a football team that watched one bad snap by a, one bad play by their right tackle – And A.J. Epinesa just derailed their whole season. Like, that's it. It took one rep. A.J. Epinesa comes screaming in and just shatters your quarterback.
3: And that's that's, that's the end. I got a question for you. Yeah. Did you look at who his backup is? No. I'll give you one guess. Oh, no. It's a famous name on here. Oh, no. Chris. God, who have you hated the most? That's what I'm saying. Who? Can I give
2: you a hint? Yeah. Russell Brown. <laughs> Russell Brown. Oh, no. Is Greg Little there? Yep. Yes! <laughs> oh, my God. It's come full circle. This is... I. Oh, I can't wait to text Greg as soon as we get done with this. Oh, I can't According wait to text According to our lads, go. of course. I'm going to go to Russ as soon as we're done with the show. Greg
1: Little's the backup. Greg That's
2: Little what it's on is, our lads. Th- this is amazing. Chris, this might be my favorite. But I just...
1: I, I, I already was having fun. Today's a uh, today's an amazing day. <laughs> yeah, we spent the last show bashing Cordy, uh or not Cordy Glenn, uh Cody Ford. Cody Ford. And who was taken Yeah. after who Greg was taken
2: Little. after Greg Little. Yeah. Everyone when they trade when Carolina traded up, Brandon Bean himself was like, "Ah, they they're, they're, they're going to get him." And then they took Greg Little and he was like, "Oh my god, we can get Cody Ford." Yeah. Turns out they both suck ass. <laughs> It's amazing. Oh.
3: So you got Greg Rousseau to look forward to when Armstead goes out. And I'm not saying any of the injuries that he has had previously are going to wrestle Rest in peace, to again.
2: a Tagovailoa. <laughs> to Tua <tongue> <laughs> right? like you, just rest in peace, brother. One other player, though, that I don't think anybody's talking about, but I, it bears consideration. Edge player Jalen Phillips. I, he was my defensive end pick, if I could have had one, in the draft where we took Greg Rousseau. The Dolphins took him at 15. The Bills took Greg Rousseau at 30. Um, or was it 29? I believe it was pick 30. It was pick 30. Yeah. So a lot of fans like me like Jalen Phillips. So this is a tweet from Simon Clancy from three yards per carry. El Fartiaga comes on this podcast all the time. You can follow them over at the number three yards per carry on Twitter. Their podcast is amazing. And I like Simon because his British sensibility means that he's a no nonsense. He has a British sense of humor, which means he's salty and his accent's fucking hilarious. I love it. He tweets. Jalen Phillips has had at least four concussions, retired completely from football whilst at UC. And you know, he notice in that tweet, Kyle, he uses the word whilst, W-H-I-L-S-T. That's how you know he's a Brit. No one would say that. They'd say, wow, Mm -hmm. W-H-I-L-E. Whilst at UCLA, because of them, had two ankle surgeries and a serious wrist injury after a moped crash. He's going to be a serious medical, medical concern for teams. And that was January 7th, 2021, prior to the Dolphins drafting him. When you look at what the upshot for him coming into this season is, he didn't play a—like, he got more run down the stretch. Like, he had to earn his way onto the roster, almost like Sean McDermott does to our rookies. Jalen Phillips had to earn his playing time. And at the same time, when you think about the long, long injury history this kid has,
3: what do you think the long-term upshot for him is? Well, we talked about him last year on the show, too, and I, I was really concerned about him just with all the stuff, the concussions. We Isn't he playing with, like, a really rare wrist surgery? Yeah, he, he had a um, proximal uh, carpectomy where they removed three of the bones and just simplified the wrist motion there. So he managed to play in all 17 games last year, and his snap counts were all over the place. Like, it was anywhere from... 29 uh, percent all the way up to i think the high it looks like here is 84 percent. so like he was all over the place and i think it just depended on scheme there and he started a handful of games you know throughout the season so the fact that he was a in all 17 games which is impressive he had a, a ankle and hip injuries throughout the season he was questionable before, you know played through them there so um you've seen guys do well that first year and sometimes they get another injury so like You've also seen guys where they are beat that beat up in college, then they do find the pros, and are guys who have clean injury histories, and then just can't stay healthy in the pros. That just it depends. And you know, it, Phillips finished with twenty six pressures, which I mean, I'm I'm not gonna say
2: that. Like Chris, do you twenty six pressures before I even look at it? Do you think that's better
1: or worse than Greg Russell? I'm gonna say better, only because. When I think of our defensive line group, it's more about rotation.
2: Okay. So what if I told you that despite playing 86% of the snaps in some of his games, being like, hey, you're going to be on the field for most of the game,
3: his 26 pressures, Greg Rousseau got 24. I mean, considering he's playing a lot more than Rousseau, and it's kind of like, man, what are you doing out there? Yeah, so. what? Do you, but so then you factor in this injury history and you go, wait,
2: this guy's body is beat up, and we talked about it. there's there's some things you can't fix. You Correct. can patch him over. if you're ter, if you're Teron Armstead, you can try to man up and try to you cowboy up and you try to fight through things. We all do it. We've all been hurt. We've all suffered when we didn't need to. I mean, Chris, when you when you broke your collarbone playing hockey,
1: God, yeah, I still have pictures of that. I can't wait to drop those back on Twitter. I have a bunch of those pictures too. I, I just I was supposed to go to Erie that night to see Ian Bag, and I didn't end up going because I was in the hospital texting me while my child was being born. <laughs> oh, what? Uh, Asher was born then. Well, it was either that or
3: you sprained your AC joint real bad. Yeah, it was the AC joint, the shoulder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like okay. I was in the hot. You were you were at uh, Millard Fillmore in Buffalo. I was there too. My son was. Either had just been and born. And you didn't want to come down to the emergency no, room? No, I had depressing <laughs> pressing matters. <laughs> but, yeah, he was, he was already born by that point. But I'm texting you. I was like, I'm in the same area. I could come down, but I'm not going to. Because I don't I like, like him that much. But I'm not going <laughs> to. <laughs> because I don't like you.
1: Yeah, that was rough. So I miss out on Ian Bag. T- no, I oh, don't even you. know who that is. He is. So, he's.
2: He's, he's uh, not gonna. Not gonna. No one's gonna know who he is because he, he's not funny.
1: If I could tell you one thing about his comedy, rivals Jay Okerson and Rich Voss as being the best at crowd work.
2: Well, Rich Voss is funny because he can't speak English. So, so what happens is though, Kyle, you you, you run an NFL career. This is one season. Jalen Phillips did okay. Mm-hmm. What happens though in the human body, like you've already had all these injuries, mm-hmm. they've happened. You can't undo them. The concussion history is there. Is this a? Is this something that you, as a Dolphins fan, would be
3: nervous about? It'd be in the back of my mind saying it can happen. But I mean, you know, the, the best predictor of the future is the past. With are they actually the lucky? that he's proven to be so durable? I would think so, so far. I mean, you know, he's had some injuries here and there, but, I mean, he's not missing He's not, missing he's not multiple missing time. games. Or, yeah, but who's to say he doesn't miss it later on? But the concussions worry me, and I, that worried me last year at this time. I, I mean, when I did my profile with him on cover one, I, I said I wouldn't touch him with that injury history. You know, we see that with, with Mitch Morris with the Bills. I mean, he had a whole bunch of concussions, and Bills took a chance on him, which there's different reasons why they do that. But he, he might... You know, he might just be able to get by and not have any problems, but you know, just when you see the past history streak, that, you gotta expect there's gonna be fewer further problems down the line there. So it just it, it's a it's a risk that I apparently they're willing to take.
2: We told Elfar Tiago of three yards per carry during his last appearance that this might be the most talented roster that their team has had under their current GM Chris Greer. I guess this is true, but also there, it carries with it some pretty significant injury concerns. Preston Williams
3: at wide receiver, who's missed time. He has not played more than eight games in a season since he ironed the league. We talked it, about him last year, and he proved our point. That's my point.
2: Like, there are some guys who just aren't built for the game of football. And that's not to say that there's anything wrong with him, because the game of football, it's a barbaric sport. <laughs> it's what well, Doug Whaley. I remember driving down. I was... I was literally on uh, Millgrove Road, driving out to Akron, New York, as I'm driving to work. And I hear Doug Whaley doing an interview on the radio, and he goes, is not a sport that human, be- that human beings are meant to play. And I just go, oh, no, you didn't just say that. You didn't just say that on the radio. Damn it. That's going to come back to bite you in the ass. And sure enough, later that day, there was a big media firestorm and a retraction and an apology. And I misspoke. And what I meant to say, but he's right. The human body like this, this is car crashes over and over and over again. Guys like Preston Williams don't make it. You're just not built for this. They have other injury concerns across the roster. And then you think about these new free agents they brought in but some of these are it's draft picks free agents it's all built on fault lines i don't like it i don't love it like they're going to be a better team but if all the injury stuff goes the wrong way they it, very much so yeah and and they have more of a risk of it than most teams so then we look at the new england patriots okay now everybody loves to make fun of the new england patriots injury reports I hate them. I hate them. Chris, why don't you read off the list of names
1: that are just read them off for the, Patri- the Patriots here? Yeah, just the what? list that I've prepared in front of you Jabril, Jabril Peppers, Dalton Keene, Byron Coward, James White, Hunter Henry, Marcus Jones, Isaiah Wynn. They've got nine
2: guys. If you go to ESPN.com and just Google or just Google Patriots injury list and look at what's on ESPN. All of these guys appear limited by something, multiple guys by, quote, unquote, undisclosed injury. Stop me if you've heard this before. Bill Belichick is going to flood the injury report with anybody who has a hangnail.
3: Are you surprised that, by this, Kyle? No, they're not. In <laughs> fact, I've I done some research on a poll up right now on my my site here. And so this came as a question on the Lockdown Bills uh, Herd Mentality Podcast, and Joe gave it to me and said, you know, what's wrong with this? So I did a whole research back on December 5th. It was published. Are the Bills too conservative with injuries in 2021? An analysis of NFL questionable designation rates 2017 to 2020, because we were in the midst of 2021. Of course. So at the time, this was through week 12 or whatever it was. So, like, I'd to go back and finish up 2021. But I found some really interesting stuff with that and going with the Patriots there. I'm scrolling down where it was at there. Um, The team with the three teams with the highest frequency instances of the questionable designation were. No surprise, New England Patriots with 487, the Baltimore Ravens, 330, <laughs> and the Arizona Cardinals, 257. So like, hey, those look. are the teams that use the questionable designation the most there. So it's like the Patriots are, you know, just Wait. outpacing everybody else with this stuff. And it's it's really What's annoying. What's the
2: difference again? Give me the give me the Patriots number in the Baltimore. 487 to 330. <laughs> they put 150 more. They use the questionable tag 150 more times than the next closest team. That's fucking wild. <laughs> <laughs> this is what they do. And that's why you can't really take anything away from what they're reporting and what's coming out in the media because the media is obviously tight-lipped because they know if, they, if they're if they the loose lips that sink ships, Bill Belichick will just have them vaccinated from the building. He might even have them killed. I don't know. But... When I look at this, some of this is interesting. Like uh the fact that Byron Coward, now he's not he's a depth player, but also cornerback Marcus Jones, non-contact jersey, really nothing he could do during minicamp, he no contact. Uh Hunter Henry, limited again, a guy with a long-standing injury history. There seems to be guys here who have a history of nagging injuries. And these are the guys that they're holding out, which I understand if you're going to do it. Like Isaiah Wynn, you're going to need him. We talked in our last podcast about how he's shifting sides of the offensive line. Maybe holding him out of some practices or only throwing him in. That's a double-edged sword. You're You're keeping him healthy, but also if you're changing the side of the line he plays on, That's a big change. That's a giant change. He needs as many reps as he can get. The fact he's not getting them tells me there's probably some... Smoke behind. There's probably some fire behind that smoke.
3: I did see something about the contract situation with him, but <laughs> I, I want to detour for a second because I pulled this on Pro Football Reference, and I I did double take with this here. Um, under my article I did with you know
0: the yeah. conservative
3: injuries there. You know, so some teams are real uh, conservative with the questionable designation, others are are not so much. I I had to do a double take because it said that the questionable designation for the times reported versus games played was uh, ninety. Point nine seven percent in terms of the times they used it, that the guys played versus that they didn't. So oh you know, shit, yeah, like I, I so ended, they a double put guys is
2: questionable, and, and then, then they, play they anyway. played anyway. Yeah, fuck
3: the Patriots. Keep I mean, the the, pr- the stu- other teams, yeah. other teams that did this that that were that high up there. I'm gonna pull it up here. I believe one of them was New York Jets over the past you know four or five years here. Uh, where the heck is that? Well, know. that's because everyone gets hurt in New, yeah. New York City. Um, okay, the three highest single season frequency designation frequency with questionable designations were. The uh, 2017 Tampa Bay Buccaneers with 96.3, 2019 Tampa Bay with 96, and then 2019 with uh, the New York Jets with 93.2, and then I had oh the over the, the course of there once again Jets, Tampa Bay, and then Baltimore. So like the Patriots are just I think putting guys on there, which I mean I they game the injury report they're allowed to it's, it's all part of ship. but it's like okay if if they're really going to play then why put them on there? It just it's He's annoying. F- it's annoying from my vantage point, but that's what Bill Belchuk does. So. so so, let's talk about this. If any of these injuries are believed to be real,
2: and even beyond that, look at the guys with long standing injury histories, guys who have had issues. Isaiah Wynn's had some issues, uh, Hunter Henry's had some issues. Who are the players that the Patriots can't afford to lose at this point? When you look at them, because we, Chris didn't Christian Simonelli just come on last time when we talked about roster makeup and he admitted that their roster is highly depleted of top end talent.
1: Yeah. And we like it. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go
2: on. I'm going to do this right now. Our lads. Cause that's usually where I go. Our lads Patriots. And I'm going to look at their, the makeup of their current roster. When you do Chris, if you could put that up on the screen for us. Thank yeah. you. So, Kyle as we sit here and we look at this right now, blow it up a little bit in terms of uh, magnify that for us. Zoom in, yes, please. Thank you. So we've got this in front of us and you've got players who have missed time. You've got players who have had injuries. Would you look at look at the depth. There's nothing there, not really. So I mean, when, there is and there isn't.
1: So when you look at it's the a players, lot of rookies, and when, yes. the guy, the people listed in green are
2: rookies. So when you think about who here is starters are listed as ha- like that, you know, because you've seen them on the injury report before for various things, who can they v- who are the most important pieces that they can't afford to lose to injury?
3: So let's go top down there. Let's bring it back up here. Scroll up, Chris. Yeah, here we go. Um, Let's see here. I'm looking. I mean, I'd start with Hunter Henry. Well, he's one – I was thinking Trent Brown, but he missed a significant amount of time last year with a calf injury. Yes. And they they managed with him. David Andrews, he played through a shoulder injury all last year, and he was questionable every week, but he didn't miss a snap, which – you know, takes me off with the questionable designation. Are you questionable or you're not?
2: Are you questionable because it sounds like you're not?
3: Exactly. It doesn't sound yeah. like there's
2: any question you're gonna play.
3: Yeah. Um. Yeah. Those are the big ones there too. Like, I mean, the wide receivers. I want to say Devontae Parker. He'll play through anything, but he's a new piece. So, like, obviously, they they played without him, and they have other guys who just are kind of. Yeah, he's you know, got to learn how. To, he's got to learn how
2: to acclimate I mean, to another quarterback who can't throw more.
3: Than- you got to make the case, <laughs> Matt, Matthew Slater. He's he's fourth on the depth depth chart, but he's a special teams player. If you lose him, but. I don't recall him having any big issues there. So, um, I mean, that's going on in the offense, and then you know the defense. Uh, even uh, I'm telling down. you, I think
2: Hunter Henry is a big one for me because yeah. he's he's a guy who's been he's been injured before in his career.
3: Yeah, uh, ACL. what shoulder injuries? Uh, AC- ACL was a big one.
2: ACL was a big one. Yeah. He had a shoulder injury. I think that if you run into problems with Hunter Henry, your offense. I mean, look at it. How many playmakers, legitimate playmakers, do you see on this offense?
3: I mean, John Smith used to be one. He didn't do anything last year.
2: John Smith Smith making, Chris, John Smith making the money he makes on that team to get, like, what, like one catch for six yards against the Bills might be one of my favorite things of last year. But so with that in mind, you go back and you look at this depth chart and you say to yourself, this team is thin on the defense. Who do you
3: think, you can?" Chris, go back.
2: Who do you think you can't afford to lose out of these guys?
3: Uh, Kyle Duggar is the first one that comes to mind with that. Uh, Maybe Devin Cordy. Um, Now, what
2: did Kyle Duggar have last year? He had something
3: little dinged up here, and there wasn't anything crazy with him, though. Who was like, the
2: he, guy who broke his hand and was playing with a club when we played actually, him and just abused been,
3: him? that might have been Duggar. That um, might have been Duggar. Yeah. When he had his hand in a club,
2: and we just kept yeah, using it, that. it was
3: Duggar, yeah. And we
2: kept mm. using that one yep. play concept where we just rolled all of our wide receivers from right to left. And Josh Allen <laughs> just kept finding open receivers to...
3: <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look
2: He ran the same play like 20 times.
3: I mean, they're, they're linebackers. They have, let's see, one, two, three... Seven linebackers dealt with injury at different points. <laughs> and, like Afrene Jennings spent all of 2021 in injured reserve. You mentioned the other guy, um, uh, Byron Cowart. Like, yep. I didn't even know who that guy was. I'd look him up. He was on you know, the injured reserve all year. Yep. And like some of the other guys, Marcus Jones, I had to you know remember who he was. He, he was a non-contact jersey because he had uh, two labrum tears in college. So he got them repaired at different times. So he's still not clear for contact he should be by training camp but that's why he was non-contact and then Keene, he was out all year like they they're just you know James White's probably the biggest name of those other than Marcus or, uh, Hunter Henry and the worst part is they don't have any stars they don't no. have any
2: star players they're just a collection of guys and there's injury like if any one of these guys goes down whoever's behind them it's a definite downgrade yep. there's no one there to pick up the slack it's a scary prospect and that bring so with that in mind it we turn to the Buffalo Bills and we go, listen, we are the antithesis of this. You look at any of the names that we've been tied to for injury in the offseason, it's mostly been backup trench players, and there's one Cardinal the one. Chris, read them off.
1: Uh, Spencer Brown, offseason surgery, did not participate in OTA slash minicamp. Ike Bodker, Achilles from the season. Trey White, also uh, ACL injury from the season. And then Tommy Doyle. Undisclosed.
2: Let's start one at a time. Okay.
3: Spencer Brown. Does anybody know anything about this? Why he's not out there? No. They said he had some type of cleanup procedure, and that was about mid-May. Cleanup of what? I, I don't know. So i
2: <laughs>
3: So so I, I talked with this with Joe Moreno and Locked On Bills, but I dig in I dug into this a little bit more too later because you know on Instagram, yeah. Twitter, you know, these guys are, are pretty out there with regards to their their. Um, their social lives and whatnot so I didn't see a time where he had been kind of laid up or was missing time with you know like not posting social media he was out there you know hanging out with friends and traveling and doing all sorts of other stuff there and he's been in different pictures with shorts and short sleeves and stuff like that so you kind of look to see are they scars are there anything that's you know limited with that so look at you the internet Chrissy we're, we're getting to see how the sausage
2: gets made over here he's like hey listen so,
3: I'm sleuthing so like I was looking, I mean he, I don't think he had anything with his ankle, with his knee, with his, I mean, it's possible with hip, but like he wasn't on crutches at any point. I didn't see many slings. His hands and wrists and elbows all look fine. So it came down to could it have been you know something with his uh, back. because He did have a back injury which caused him to miss some time last year. But I feel like he would have been limited at some point if he let's say. A microdisectomy or or something else like that, like he would have been limited at some point, not doing some of the stuff he was doing on Instagram. Okay, um, so that that's why I feel like that ruled it out. I'm not saying it couldn't have been possible. So but you th- do you think it was something minor? I think it was definitely something minor. I'm thinking it was something shoulder. That's my first guess because okay. you can kind of hide that. He has pretty bulky shoulders to begin with there, and he the dude did the on. first 500. What he set his school record for bench press. Yeah, 500 pounds. Could yeah, have been, could have been hip too because I mean you're not he's not doing any speedo shots like you are so um, <laughs> as far as I know but yeah, it's like no, but no, it's, I it's listen, pretty minor but it's I don't want to say it's annoying cuz like it's not my place to know everything on the team like I want to know everything on the team, but I know I'm not going to find out everything. And it's you know, even the beat reporters; they're not going to know everything. But like, I pride myself on trying to find the things that the beat reporters can't, or they 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 see it, but they don't know what it is. And that's where I, I can come in. And I can't find anything on him, so I, there's no reason why he shouldn't be ready for training camp. But it just drives me nuts. I'm like, give me something here. I'll tell you this: I'll never put
2: my speedos away. Not ever. <laughs> not ever. You can all look forward to seeing more of me in a... God bless your wife. I bought two more. I bought two more. Why? Because I can. That's what... it's. First of all, it's a free country. Second of all...
3: It ain't that free.
2: Second of (laughs) all... It ain't that free. (laughs) I love you, Kyle. So, I guess this is it. Like... I love the amount, the attention to detail you pay, which is why we do this with you when we have these conversations. Now, the big one, the one that everybody wants to know about is Trey White. Everybody's talking about it. You've done pieces about it. You've talked about it before. Here's the question I want to know. Are we likely to see him start on the PUP list? Here, answer me like this. Are we more likely to see him start on the PUP list for the for week one through six versus him somehow miraculously fast tracking his recovery and being available week one what's the more likely outcome so, so, gonna, so i can prepare myself
3: so i'm going to correct you that pop changed from six games to four games there oh all right and and now injury reserve is well, i didn't even season. get that email yeah is now four games as well there too so this all came out right after I got on uh, after I got done with uh, Joe on Lockdown Bills back in May there so this added a whole bunch of new wrinkles to this year so i went through all the scenarios and i I, I want to be right on this. I'm probably not going to be right because I'm not in the room making these decisions. And, of course, we get cryptic you know, information yeah. from Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott. Well,
2: because they're never going to tell you no, anything. No, no. They, so. the, the fact that they're both walking ambient, Bean will give you a little bit more than McDermott Oh, will. absolutely, yeah. But what I love is that the fact that they are the way they are is why there's a podium in my garage, and we have a backdrop that I have hurt myself drunkenly falling off of. Like we did our own post games because these guys tell us nothing
3: exactly so I, I'm gonna go through a few different variables which make it difficult and I, I they can go off of any which way they, they want to because they're the bills they want they can do what they want there so they're paying him a ton ton of money so they have to be mindful of you know his long-term health and whatnot there so he could start on train camp on pup and then once they feel comfortable that he can get out there and start practicing he can be activated to the active roster when he's on pup he counts toward the ninety man roster, but then they can carry him over from Pup to you know the regular season Pup, Yes, and he doesn't count. So like that's a way to scoot him through. But if you're on Pup, you can't actually practice with the team. You can be in team meetings. That's in it. Else there. So you it's can't like okay be on the field. Yeah. So like okay, do you want to get him out there? Because like you're not going full speed. You can be uh, part time out there. If you activate him, you can't put him back on pop. I mean, it's like once you're well, yeah, there, it's, 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 it's you it's can't a put the things back in the tube. And then also, too, like with injury reserve, we've seen guys where they've taken them, John Feliciano, Marquez Stevenson, where they've had injuries and they put them on – they make the active roster, then put them on injury reserve and let them sit there for a while. I'm not sure if they can do that with Trey White because – I, I I I've looked into this. I can't find the rules were saying like you know if you're not practicing fully, if you're still coming back from an injury. But if he passed a physical, then you should be able to be out there. That's and, it. So like I don't you think have to they can fail use a, a physical in order to qualify or or have arm. an injury to be to be qualified over an injury reserve. And I okay. couldn't find information. I have resources, but I haven't gone down that road if I need to yet. I just I, I there's a kind of limit where I'm like, do I need to go this far into <laughs> it? And I don't think I need to yet. There. So, but I don't think if you're going to be able to pass a physical. Then they're going to put you on injury reserve at the end of the, the training camp and suddenly move you over that way there. So, you know, they could move him over and pop, and then you know, create a roster spot for him. Uh, but I just feel like with what he is, you could put him on the active roster. You have to make some guys inactive during yes. the regular season anyway. Why not just have him there and then slowly introduce him over time? And you're not you're not stuck on saying you have to play 100 and <laughs> the snaps all the time. So, like, I feel like that's the most reasonable thing start off on pop when I mean, he's comfortable out there and i talked about this with joe and everything else in my articles when week one hits he'll be just shy of nine months which is that kind of delineation point with regards to where they have the higher risk for acl tears okay um you know it's like i think it's seven times greater acl tears if you turn you know, prior to nine months than after i don't think a week's gonna be a huge difference but still there's that delineation point where you have seen the bills be a little more conservative so If I had to put money on it right now, I would say he starts off on Pup, gets activated the active roster, practices somewhat, makes the active roster, and then slowly worked his way in, and then kind of you see his his game increase throughout the season and kind of get ready for the back end of the playoffs there. So I don't see him playing in the preseason games at all because it's no, fly, that's fly. wild. That's yeah. nonsense. So, you use the part of the regular season, kind of work him in there that way, and then kind of plateau him like they, they've done that with other guys. They have a long history of that there. So, that's that's some if I could place a, a bet on that, that's probably what happened. But if I'm wrong, I, I don't care because I mean, there's no well, money on it, it but yeah, well, like I can't, I can't, yeah, no, it's hard to forecast yeah. what they're going to do. You're not them, you don't yeah, get to make I, those calls, and I don't know what he's doing. He could be they said he's on track, but I mean, they could be pulling that out their ass. And well, that's it. They they want to I don't things, think they are, but they we're, might.
2: We're not the Patriots. Not only are we better than them, we have a better quarterback than them, and also we don't lie about our injury report. And
3: I'll add one more thing to that. So I found something and when they did change it from six games to four there. They have to declare guys for Puppet. They're going to go regular season by, I think it was October 23rd. And the reason I found that is because they have to declare that for when uh, the – Roster gets gets cut down from eighty five guys to eighty, so we'll know within a month of training camp starting. Oh wow! So if he's if he's been activated, great. If he's not, and it gets closer closer to that date, then they'll be kind of having a decision to make whether they want to do that or not. So that's something I found that I thought I okay. Other people have published it, but it's not out there as much. So we'll know before the regular season, whether he's going to move to pup or whether he's going to be activated. So All right. August 23rd so we're not is something
2: be waiting with bated breath to find out. not, not on. Yeah. They're going to know before okay. cut
3: down days. Perfect.
2: All right. So there's at least some clarity as far as where this will go. I Everyone's saying all the right things that they think Trey White will come back and be exactly what he was. Everyone's talking about how hard he works. And we've seen instances where guys have come back from these sorts of injuries. Again, no one's ever the same, but maybe they find different ways to do the same thing.
3: Well, they, they come back and are good, but not usually that first year. We even saw yes. with Harrison Phillips. He worked his ass off. We saw the videos, but he just wasn't the same player the first year after. And then he has a career year and cashes in for uh, Minnesota. Yeah, he, he found a contract. So it'll be interesting to see what
2: version of Trey White comes back and what Kyrie Elam can do in his stead. It's It really is. But so one of the last things I want to close this show with is when we talk about just health. At the top of the show, we talked about the Jets and how, hey, they pivoted their... They started bringing in guys who don't have any significant injury history. After decades of the injury bug, Sean McDermott and these guys have kind of ushered in this golden era of health for the Buffalo Bills, whether it's because of the trainers they have, whether it's because of the philosophies they employ, when how they platoon guys, the snap share, whatever, whatever have you. They're finishing very well in terms of man games lost every single season under Sean McDermott. A lot of those core players have proven themselves when you look at what the Bills roster is currently made up of. Ed Oliver, Tremaine Edmonds, Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen. These guys. Josh Allen was hurt in that Tampa Bay game. Very much so. Didn't give a fuck. Uh, Ed Oliver, he's been nicked up. Mm-hmm. Doesn't care. Tremaine
3: Edmonds, never misses time. Not much. I mean, he'll miss you know AC joint sprain, a hamstring, but it's not extended time. Not extended time.
2: Uh, Stephon Diggs played through a core muscle tear in the playoffs cuz he's like fuck it it's the playoffs. Yep. We Cole Beasley played through a broken leg. Yep. This is the, our coaches instill the toughness in this team like you have to be tough or you don't make it. So with that in mind, half the reason we're Super Bowl favorites is because of our team's depth. And when you look at the depth pieces we've added here in free agency, the, I don't know. You look at the biggest names and they stand out because they've been so incredibly fucking durable. Von Miller. Think about Jerry Hughes. We were just talking about how he played through a wrist injury and he played through this and that. Core muscle surgery. Von Miller, knee injury early in his career. Early. ACL. Everyone goes, okay, well, we'll see how he bounces back. Seven consecutive Pro Bowls is how he bounced back. Back-to-back All-Pro designations, and he suffered an ankle injury in 2020 that, even though he had surgery, didn't stop him from joining the Rams' defense and going out there and winning a Super Bowl. And teaching Aaron Donald everything he needed to know about being a better pro. That's the biggest thing about Von Miller. He's a teacher plus a player.
3: That's why he does that Pastros uh, Summit.
2: You're getting one of the best players on the planet. You're also getting one of the best educators at his position. Defensive tackles, Daquan Jones, Tim Settle. I was shocked when I looked at this. I did my own research. I was trying to do my own version (laughs) of banged up bills. Jones tore a bicep late in 2017, ends his season. Hilariously enough, Mm -hmm. it's the 9-7 and season that saw former Bills head coach Mike Malarkey Thrown back to the wolves in what would be his final meaningful stint in the NFL, guys. Hey, fuck Mike Malarkey. Can we can can we get a toast to that? Hell yeah, raise a glass. Cheers. <laughs> Jones and Settle are a lot like Von Miller. They've been incredibly durable. Okay, so what uh, Jones? All 65 regular season and four postseason games since he was drafted into the NFL with no issues. Which is good for a two-gapping interior defensive line who's basically like, this is car crashes. This is a car accident on every play. You've never been hurt. You've never accidentally had a guy roll. Think about Eric Wood. Eric Wood, his injuries were guys rolling up his legs and snapping them. That sucks. It happened twice. Yeah, This guy has somehow managed to do this for almost a decade and never had that happen to him. He keeps quick feet, he keeps his head on a swivel, and yet he's bodying up multiple people at the same time.
3: It's that spatial awareness. I mean, this
2: is it. It's spatial awareness. Quick foot. Think about Josh Allen. People go, How does Josh never get hurt? Some people have elite spatial awareness. It's just, I know where you are, I know where I am, I know how big I am, I know how big you are. And I just have a feel for this. Mm-hmm. And I know what I can and can't get away with. It's the reason I, most injuries happen in the pocket. When is Josh Allen ever standing in the pocket? If he thinks he's in danger, he runs. And that's when when he's in the open field, he'll go toe-to-toe with defensive tackles, linebackers, cornerbacks, doesn't
3: matter. I mean that that can prove costly over time. Like you know, going back to the luck thing, you know, he sure. wanted to take those hits there, and Allen's even come out and said, "I like to take the hits." But I did an article, I think it was last year, to begin the season, and there might have been two seasons ago. I can't remember that's do so much there. But he is more risk to suffer a drive injury in the pocket than he is when he's out there running. I mean, he can still get hurt. We saw that with 2020 with his shoulder injury, I was not throwing shoulder, but still, like we're talking difference between AC joint spray on AC joint sprain or broken clavicle like there's a big yes. difference with that in terms of pocket versus you know running yes. there so
2: and then when you look at Tim settle Tim settles in that same mold as Daquan Johnson he has missed one game right one game in his entire career and it was as a healthy scratch now he's been buried on a depth chart with first round picks look at that Washington defensive your this is funny. Your family's
3: you're a Redskins family. Oh, well, my dad is. Yeah, your dad is. How, how did that come about? I, I can't remember. I, I I think I've asked him at one point, but he didn't. I can't remember exactly what it was. So I know Does that he the, hate Dan Snyder. I'm sure he does. I mean, who who likes Dan Snyder? I'm sure his wife doesn't even like Dan. You know, Dan Snyder. But I think it probably came down to because I remember my my dad's entire side of the family all likes NFC East teams. I mean, I, there's uh, his two oldest brothers like the Giants, and then his two uh, next ones after that because he's one of six there, both like the Cowboys. And then my dad liked the Redskins and then his younger brother liked the Eagles. It was just weird like that. So I know that the Redskins made the Super Bowl in what seventy-two? Or mm-hmm. yeah, because they put the, the uh yeah. dolphins there. So y- you think about like when those teams were good at those times there, like they just kinda of find that affinity, like, hey, I'm gonna, you know, pitch my wagon to this team. And so I, I think that's might have been what it was there. I-, I I have to go back and ask him again too, but um, it's just funny how the fandom works and we've talked about that too. It just I hooked my Hit you know, I hooked up to the Buffalo Bills because I thought Dick Duran was the answer. And he <laughs> fucking wasn't
2: <laughs> Chris, he's the first person to ever come in here and say Dick Duran might have been the Seven answer.
3: Seven and nine. I thought they were going somewhere. Ten years <laughs> later, finally, but damn.
1: No. We weren't going anywhere.
3: No, it's well, it's, it's horrible. I was a naive nineteen year old that liked going to the Bills games to get drunk, so you know So, so
2: this was it though. So you look at Tim settle behind that. A defensive line that's popular with first-round draft picks. He's not unseating any of them, and yet he was dynamic and never was hurt. Now he really wasn't. So, according to the data I found over at Football Outsiders, defensive linemen suffer injuries at a higher rate than most offensive linemen, but less than running backs, and that knee and Achilles injuries are the most predominant. So it's interesting to see that none of the guys we added have any of those. I mean, Von Miller had that one knee injury, and he dominated since then.
3: Yeah, he had the uh, ACL back early on, and then he had the freak ankle injury, where it is a peroneal tendon dislocation. Like, it doesn't happen often. (laughs) It's like – I. That's one of those, I've you're never like, seen I don't play even play. know how that happens. I mean, I do know how it happens, but like, it's not something you see often. It's mm-hmm. just you know, it's just one of those freak things that happen. So they brought in a group of guys who are incredibly durable. For most part. Some some guys have some issues, but like well, they have the ability to take a risk on those guys and they still take that last season, like we talked sure. about the dolphins earlier, that they take a good sample size before they take a risk on not coming off a season to end your injury or
2: injuries. I mean O. J. Howard, Shaq Lawson, Jordan Phillips. If you could speak to their injury history, because they make up the other side of this equation. Like none of these guys, Chris, are go- Chris, No, you haven't you haven't talked in a little while on this podcast. I see you over there on your phone. Shaq Loss and O.J. Howard, Jordan Phillips, they're all guys who have missed time recently on their respective teams with injury. None of them are who you're looking at as a Buffalo Bills fan who doesn't really do the research Kyle or I do on this kind of shit. You're not looking at them as the reason, quote-unquote, the Bills are going to be good, are you?
1: No. No. That's how do- I viewed them. We got Dawson Knox in front, and then uh, Shaq and Jordan have a ton of people ahead of them.
2: Can, would you agree with the assessment that these guys aren't the? the they're never going to be the straw that stirs the drink, if you will.
3: No, I, I think they're great veteran options, and Lawson and Phillips were well liked in the locker room. But like, I, when I got when I saw them sign, I was like, okay, cool, they are okay, the cool. system. But great, like they're not going to change my mind on anything. There's other guys clearly better than them. So okay, cool. And then OJ Howard's on one year deal, which you know, gives them the opportunity to. See what they have with him, and he's had a ton of injuries over the years. So like they're not, they're not locked into a long term deal, and that's what they've had doing the past years. They sign risky guys and overpay them in hopes that they pan out, and they don't. So that's kind of what the Miami Dolphins are doing right now. They're paying guys who have a risky injury history. Hey, if they pan we're out, we're giving up draft
1: draft capital. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, they gave a ton of draft capital for Hill, which he's been fine. But still, I mean, it's it's cool to bring in you know the the veterans that that gel with the locker room, but they're not expected to be the stars. It, That's it's it. Awesome.
2: And so the Bills have kind of cultivated. Hey, our premier, our front line free agent signings, they're durable as hell. Also, we've backed them up with some guys who are familiar faces. If they don't stay healthy. It's like, Chris, didn't we say it? I don't give a fuck about the running back competition or the tight end competition, and I don't want to hear about O.J. Howard. Why? Because we had Lee Smith as our tight end, too. I don't give a fuck about him. If O.J. Howard makes it healthy into the season, it's found money because he's immediately better than any tight end, 2 we've had over the last four years. So don't talk to me about it. Ultimately, this Bills roster has, like, if you want to take a look at the AFCs as a whole, now that we've kind of gone through all of this,
3: it's got to feel really good that you're a Bills fan today, doesn't it? Hell yeah. It's made that journey through the drought so much better. Right? So much.
2: This team right here is the thing we've been waiting for, but when you look at how it came about and when you look at the attrition that our roster suffers year over year compared to the other teams in our division— it's not even close. We have the best program. We seem to sign the best players. But when you take a look at the rest of them behind us, if you had to handicap it.
1: You know what you're, Jets, leaving, you know what you're leaving out? What's that?
2: The facility? Oh, well, yeah. We yeah. also have an owner who built a billion dollar facility that's lit. That's why they're, when, when the new stadium plans came out, they're not moving the field house. Why? why they? Because inside there is billions of dollars of equipment.
1: Yeah, it's all about the recovery. Cryostasis yep.
2: chambers, float tanks, all kinds of
1: crazy shit that other teams, like, they don't yeah, have Yeah, that thing that Antonio Brown burned his foot on or whatever. Like,
2: there's a, they're, yeah. they're, down in Jacksonville, I'm pretty sure they're doing the major league where they just put the boat motor, like the trolling motor, right in the ice <laughs> bath, and they just sit there. That's what they're doing. Here in Buffalo, we have the creme de la creme of recovery equipment, trainers, just resources at our players' fingertips for them to be physically at their best. Von Miller said during his visit that walking through that facility, he goes, this is like Valhalla. This is is what every football player wants when they're trying to take care of themselves, especially on the back end of their career. Mm -hmm. So with that in mind, if we're going to handicap everyone who falls behind us in the division in terms of staying healthy, because I'm pretty sure the Bills can replicate their overall health again oh yeah there might be a freak injury or two you there's, can't stop there's that. gonna
3: be it, we, it's just there will it's be
2: but overall the health of this football team is going to be pretty good by comparison to our divisional counterparts if you had to handicap it and put first second and third who's going
3: to slot in behind us all right so i mean obviously the bills being first um looking at the past you know because i've been doing the injury reviews of everybody else here of course, the top of you know what we were doing for the research for the show, so I'm gonna put Miami in there next after that. Ooh, so they—they, right. they, I mean, looking back through, I was really surprised what they were dealing with. Like they didn't have a ton of injuries; they just had injuries at key positions. Like you know, Tua when they went in that losing streak, when they went in a winning streak after that. So Someone
2: like, block A.G. Panessa, and that never happened. Right, right. sucks. I, I, well. Whoa! Let me reel it back in. Yep, that's the Scotch talking.
3: <laughs> but, I mean, has- they didn't have a ton of injuries. Like they had, you know, everybody's injuries, but there wasn't like, oh, that's why they did so bad because they lost these key players. Like other than Tua, they didn't really, they didn't have anybody huge they lost, and so like that's why I'm slotting them in a second. And then I, I I'm torn between this because obviously it's between the Jets and the Patriots. I. I almost want to give the upper hand to the Patriots because they've had a long track record of, of winning and producing, getting guys out there. And then the, the Jets, because they're still trying to work through guys that are coming through off of the injuries and the major stuff. And they haven't turned over that trading staff despite all that stuff. So. I feel like it's Bills, Dolphins, Patriots, and then Jets. But the Jets are like neck and neck there with the Patriots because <laughs> the Patriots aren't doing anything to help themselves because they just say everybody's injured and then they're not.
0: <laughs> the Jets are at
3: least trying to make something change, and the Patriots are like, hey, how long can we keep going till the wheels fall off? Chris, that that sounds about in
2: lockstep with what Christian Simonelli said last week, didn't he? Yeah, it's it's funny to think about the fact that. The, the Jets haven't won a divisional game in two years. They're 0-6 over the last two... Or no, 0-12 over the last two seasons. It's hilarious. Has the, Bills,
3: has the Bills... I don't think they've ever done that, right? I no. mean, not, not recently. I don't think
2: you have ever been swept in the division multiple years in a row. I don't
1: think anybody's done that since Tampa <laughs> came into the league in <laughs> 78. With
2: the Sherbert! With uh, Vinny Testaverde, at quarterback. Yeah. Uh, I remember watching the, the Bills' 1991 Super Bowl video. My dad has the tapes, the, the Sports Illustrated VHS. VHS tapes, and I remember watching it and seeing those Sherbert uniforms and just being like, what the hell is going on here? Oh, we battered that team to pieces. They're terrible. What I'll say is that I think that this is the year that the Jets are going to steal a game or two from someone,
3: right? I, I would think so. And if you
2: look at who it might come from, it might be the Patriots.
3: I can agree with that. And I
2: almost feel like in terms of trend, at least the the Patriots went to the the Jets went to the bottom. 2 wins, 4 wins, most injured team in football forever. They're at least trying to change. Mm-hmm. To your point, the Patriots are just staying with what they know. I feel like this is a year where I'm I'm not saying the Jets will finish better than them, but I I think the Jets steal a game from them.
3: I can agree with that. All right. And to answer my own question, I looked back when the Bills went two and fourteen, I'm thinking that's a ripe chance for them to go Owen, oh, whatever it was, because they had five yeah. teams at the AFC's. They still beat the Colts each year. Yeah. Then, so in eighty four and eighty five. So like even then they couldn't like they, they they weren't ever as bad as the Jets losing all the division games. I was they had learned something new every day. Suck it,
2: Colts. <laughs> all right. So with that in mind, you've now gotten a rundown of all the injury issues that are plaguing every single one of the AFC's teams we now have a very clear view of who's going to slot in where and who has what issues ahead of training camp. It'll be interesting to see who gets, because I'll tell you what, the Bills roster is the deepest by default. Absolutely, We're the ones that are built to sustain a couple injuries. The rest of these, it's going to be very interesting to see how it plays out. I can't wait to see it. You're going to have information on all this, plus you cover the rest of the NFL for another website. Why don't you tell the
3: listeners a little bit about it? Alright, so I, I'm working with the game day. Um that's a sports bang site. That's actually ending soon. I didn't even tell you guys that there. So they're they're consolidating all the work in house. I'm a freelance writer, so that's gonna end here soon, unfortunately. But yeah, you know, it's been a good run. I thank them for all the you know opportunities they've given me so uh, i'm a free agent in the sports betting a- aspect so if anybody's out there looking for injury analysis hey you i do give, give me a call so, i actually think i have an outlet for you all right we'll talk well, after we yes, get off exactly it. so but i was doing that stuff and i i, I surprised myself with the betting record because we know that there is a correlation between you know when there's injuries and in terms of how to bet the games i think i finished plus three units and then my record was like 1645 during the season which so we we know that i I bet more with my emotion in terms of the units that's where it got me in trouble but like i knew that my process was was solid because my record was was definitely good i came in with a winning record there so um yeah so i'm over there uh, i was over there so you know to be done soon and then I'm still over at you know, Buffalo Rumblings. Um, you know, I'm still doing my own site there. Bangupbills.com. Um, yep, and then I, I and then, uh, uh, do work for Cover 1, two. And then I did a um, rookie injury guide with with two friends of mine, uh, Dr. Ethan Turner and Dr. Jeff Mueller. So we went through all the major draft picks that we expect to be the top 100, top 150, and we did the injury analysis and we put it into a um, – into like a whole draft guide. So, like, people we use for dynasty and, you know, yeah. whatever else there. So, we, we look at, and then Ethan, who was the founder of this, he came up with this injury risk rating. So, he identified based off of, you know, these past injuries, how that correlated out to injury risk there. So, like, he said, guys like Justin Ross, for example, from Clemson, he was a 10. He'd never scored, no, he'd never had anybody score that high on that. And of course, we saw the issues he had with the neck issue. Like, yep. he might never play NFL football because of the risk with that. Then you see some other guys that came in with some major injuries, and then he's seen a correlation between those guys have those injuries in college that don't pan out in the pros there. So, like, he has four or five years of data now. So I got to help participate with that. helps make my job easier when doing this stuff later on because I had some of the information. So, like, I'm all over. I'm willing to dig into whatever I need to to find the information there. So it's it's fun looking at seeing how this stuff is. It's just fun to, fun to do it. I never thought – Meeting you guys and then doing <laughs> do, and so, meeting you guys in 2016, and now we're in 2022, almost six years later, give or take a few months. And I continue to see more opportunities and doing everything else with this. Like, you just keep on digging more and more stuff there. It's just
1: well, we apologize to your wife.
3: Yeah, we hey, hey, listen, I make no apologies. Some of this stuff
1: has made me money, and, and she's suddenly told- been
3: like, Hey, you do what you did, do <laughs>
1: so. Yeah, until this, it's, it's in, always funny until this turns into you shutting everything down because the bills offered you six figures and then and then Alex will get it like oh no. what I look at it she'd
3: be like be there yesterday
2: <laughs> the day i the, the day I told my wife you were coming over to our house to watch a football game she goes a man you met on the internet is coming <laughs> to our home I want you to hear how that sounds out loud to today we're, we're friends our kids are friends like we like do we do things together yes <laughs> i love what this has become and i love what you've built i love the track that you're on again you're to welcome to building this thing for yourself <laughs> no i it's all him it's all him and his natural ability and he just found the balls to swing for it i love it guys bangedupills.com
3: where can they follow you on twitter uh, banged up bills under you know banged up bills, and also Kyle Trumbo eighty eight, and I'll have other content over there. So I'm um, always willing to talk to anybody and uh, ask or answer pretty much any questions as long as you're not annoying as hell. That um, does <laughs> happen. That does happen. But um, I, I just like digging into this stuff. I think there's a lot that I still have not quite found. I have some projects in the works. I have some other ideas. And you know, I learned to talk with you not to tip your hand on this stuff. So I'm not gonna tip mm-hmm. my hand too much. But I have a lot of other ideas coming out that you'll see during the regular season that I think will continue to evolve what I do and hopefully give me a better idea how to not necessarily predict injuries, but just to give some context behind what what the decision making of the bills are and how you can better identify whether it's betting or fantasy. Just just a full more fuller view of what the team is doing in terms of injury management. And I I want to know more because I'm a fan. I want to see how they perform. And if there's some type of edge they can get because that guy's going to play, even though he's injured, then, hey, I want to see a Super Bowl win because they want to take that, they get the edge that no one else has. Exactly.
2: Guys, thank you for showing up this week. I'm Drew Gear. That's Chris Krueger. This is Cal Trimble. And this has been your AFC's Roundup.
0: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop.